Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Even if your story has not come to its conclusion yet, if your story doesn't have a nice ending like Hunger Games, if you're somewhere in the middle of it, it's it's really good to share it. On on top of that, not just can it have an impact on others, but uh, I know I've had some moments where I felt like I was the only one, right? And I and I put it out there, and uh, and it and it helped me to have people say, "You're not crazy," you know, like I struggle with this too. Hey, Rudder Nation, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Rut, the podcast that shares encouraging stories and practical tools to help pull you out of your rut and into a life worth living. Today, we're going to be having a conversation with Pastor Chad Harms out of Oregon uh, because he firmly believes that you have a story to tell, a testimony to tell, that when you share it, it's going to inspire and encourage others to get out of their own ruts and pursue the lives that they were meant to live, that they were destined to live, that they have the potential to fulfill. And by you holding on to your story, you're actually robbing people of that. So, Take a listen to this episode, this conversation, and see how you can share your story with others in a way that is impactful, encouraging, and inspiring, as well as equipping. So sit back and relax unless you are, I don't know, making tamales because, you know, Christmas is coming and I love tamales. I like the beef ones, spicy beef. Um, Oh man, I'm making myself hungry, but here we go. All right. Hey, Pastor Chad, uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. You know, I meant to ask you earlier, uh, and the hat kind of helps me a little bit. Are you in Portland, Oregon? Or in the Oregon Uh, area? We're in the southmost metro part of the Portland area. So when people think about, uh, I think the things they think about uh, around Portland, that's not how it looks in our suburb down here. But (laughs) we are, you know, if there's no traffic, we can be in uh, the the city limits of Portland within 10 minutes or so. Nice. Cool deal. All right. Yeah. yeah. I, I originally from the West Coast. So whenever I have somebody on the show from the West Coast, I'm like, yay, it's like close to home in a way. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And there are some Christians out here still. Uh, all 10 of us uh, <laughs> are, are still carrying on. <laughs> nice. There you go. Uh, well, if we ever export ours, we'll, we'll send them your way. <laughs> take them. Thank you. <laughs> now, I appreciate you, you jumping on the show to, to share you know, what uh, your podcast is about and what you do because uh, you're a pastor uh, by day and, and somewhere in there you fit this testimony podcast in there. And, and I had the honor of having a clip shared in your show as one of the, the end pieces. And then that led to what we just recorded earlier, which is a full interview uh, that I'm, uh, I f- assume will get aired at some point, uh, depending on if I gave you some good good quality to work with. Um, but then I thought, you know, it'd definitely be a good idea to have you on our show because uh, one of the things we love to do is encourage folks through encouraging stories. And th- there's no more encouraging story than the one you're living right now. And when I say you, I mean not just Pastor Chad or myself, but you listening in. Like your story also is an encouraging story to somebody. Um, so I guess from there, tell us about the testimony podcast and what inspired you to start that show. Yeah. I, I wish I could say that my, my decision to start that show is totally altruistic. Uh, but 
I played basketball in high school with uh, somebody who's become wildly famous now. His name is Grayson Boucher. He is better known as the professor. Uh, if you know, for people listening, if they're about my age, then they might remember him from a street ball tour, the N one street ball tour, but anybody kind of younger than me knows Spider-Man basketball uh, and his YouTube videos where, I mean, I'm talking, he's Grayson's become more famous than most NBA basketball players. And uh, I had heard that he had this incredible story to your point about becoming a Christian. And so I thought that'd be so cool to record and put on a podcast. And uh, about six years ago, actually, we, uh, we got together and recorded his story and it was not at all the story that I was told. It was actually uh, a a crazier story in some ways. Um, Yeah. And I even had to ask him about uh, how, like why I had heard this other story and there was some validity to it. It was, but it wasn't the same story at all. And so uh, I, I, you know, I I said, I got a famous person that with this great story, wouldn't it be cool if I could, if I could share stories like this uh, in a way that, that is creative, I hope, and, and telling the story in a, in a creative way that engages people, but even more kind of captures the power of the story because sometimes people don't, tell their story in the most powerful way. They, they, they don't know um, how powerful their story can be. And so I really wanted to tell that. And so I recorded a couple of these about six years ago. And then my, I guess it was uh, some, maybe it was right when my son was born, maybe five years ago. And, and then I had a second child and that the project got put on the back shelf, but uh, I just started releasing them and I've recorded eight or nine now, and we've put out three. And, uh, and so, yeah, the goal of the, of the show is, is simply to share in a creative way uh, the uh, how and why people became Christians. And I've especially targeted Christians that have influence, whether that influence is online or in person. Uh, the episode that goes out next Tuesday is with the head of Western Seminary, one of the West Coast's largest seminaries. And so it's not just like internet you know, people with influence, but anybody that has influence either in the Christian world or uh, in, in, you know, other spaces. Yeah. And we all, we often, um, we tend to think of like a Christian as somebody who was born, raised in the church, uh, is the person that you, you see in the news clips that are like probably some of the more embarrassing, like moments of like, oh, we're all going to burn in heck, you know, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, no, yeah, like, uh, we're, we're broken people who hit a low in, in some cases or many cases and we found restoration and, you know, peace through finding Jesus. And, uh, and so, and those folks are sprinkled all over the place. Like we're not all pastors. We're not all like Bible study leaders. We're that person who leads your team meeting or the person who cleans your bathroom, um, at the office or, you know, it's just, yeah, we're everywhere. And yeah, knowing what, led them there, I think is really important um, because it, it definitely gets people thinking like, well, I've gone through something similar. Could that also be true for me? Yeah, that's right. And, and I'll tell you that the last episode that went out was uh, this, it's a girl who's really just never felt close to God, but she has always faithfully served God. She's kind of not the story that you just told. She grew yeah. up in a Christian home church, Christian school, Christian university, Christian husband, but she's never felt close to God. And what was so fascinating about telling her story is that I think we would say, 
well, that's not as powerful as, uh, you know, somebody that was on drugs or, or, you know, your story where you're making this final prayer that we'll share in a couple of months here. But, but like her, even her story really resonated with people because there are lots of people who just don't feel God. And she said this thing that I thought was so valuable. She said it at a young age, even like middle school and before she had to wrestle with whether uh, not feeling close to God meant that she was less of a Christian or her faith wasn't strong. And she had resoundly answered that question with a no. And in that story, there's a lot of Christians out there who, who I think, and in fact, I think there's a lot of people who aren't Christians simply because they don't feel God in some meaningful way. And, and her story connected. And, and so I really do believe that, uh, that there is power in hearing other people's stories uh, to your show's content, right? Like that can help us get out of a rut, just hearing somebody else's story. But also I think it's important for us to remember that we can help people simply by sharing our story. Even if we think it's a story that is inconsequential, there's probably uh, some some very positive consequences that can come to people's lives if we're just willing to tell them. Yeah. And, you know, stories make sense in the sense of, um, you know, if you go back in history, you know, uh, this is how we shared information from one generation to the next was telling stories. You know, um, you know, we didn't just sit in a classroom and jot down equations off a chalkboard or, you know, write 10 page essays on, <laughs> you know, the, you know, what it means to be a follower of Christ. Like we told stories and parables and, uh, you know, the lessons come out of that. Yeah. The practical tools, I think sometimes are more digestible and sink in when there is a story to be told with it, because now we have context and that's very important for us from a learning perspective. And that was me, I guess, geeking out because of my day job. I blame my well, day as job. As you say that, I'm reminded of, a, I guess, another reason that I think this, this podcast that I'm doing is important and, or maybe that's not the right way to say it. Uh, one, one reason that it's easy for me to want to do it. When I was 17, that's when I became serious about my own faith. And uh, I, I, quickly after becoming serious with about my faith, believed that I was going to be a pastor. Um, I don't know if that was arrogance or God or whatever, but, uh, but, but it was a pretty quick turnaround for me. And uh, I went to Hawaii on a senior trip. And then I was by some great youth leaders at the church. I had just started attending that, that senior year of high school. They said, please come on this uh, mission trip that we're doing in Southeast San Diego. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. I'm going to Hawaii, <laughs> you know, like, uh, but man, people were like, we will pick you up at the airport. We want you there. Like you got to be there. And so I, re I reluctantly, honestly, um, had uh, went and I flew from Hawaii to San Diego. And, uh, and then they asked me at this event to share my testimony at one of the night kind of wrap up events where we were helping this church. We were, we were serving in, um, in, in some, I think a soup kitchen and, uh, but, but we were also working with kids. And, uh, and so they asked me to share my testimony and my story. And I got up and, uh, you know, I was probably really nervous. I don't know if I had ever shared my story publicly. Uh, and, and I still don't share it uh, in super public ways, but I had a bit of a rough childhood, uh, but I'm in Southeast San Diego and this is, you know, uh, it's mainly Mexican people 
We're in a dangerous area where they won't let us go outside. Uh, we're like told you cannot even walk like outside without permission because it's not safe. And, and we're inside this church building doing our work. And so it's like, what do these kids have in common with me? Right? Like, what is my testimony going to matter? And so I get up, I share and this, this little boy, and I get emotional when I talk about this, but, um, uh, his name was Mikey. He had a brother named Marky. He comes up to me and he says, that story you told, that's exactly like my life. Oh man. And it was wild. Like, wait, that's not possible. You know, like, I mean, you're here, I'm suburban white kid. And, uh, you know, you're 10 years younger than me, Mexican kid living in San Diego. Right. And, and, uh, and I don't remember the exact order of these events, but he says, can we take a walk? And I'm like, probably not because they told us we couldn't go outside. And uh, so I went to a youth leader and I don't know if that youth leader didn't like me or whatever, but, uh, but they said, yeah, you can take a walk around this neighborhood that we've told you you can't go outside in. But, and so I walked around this neighborhood with this kid and, and we shared life uh, and stories and talked about what we had been through. And him and his brother uh, became Christians, first people that I ever led to Jesus, if any of us really lead others to Jesus. I mean, we're a, I was a part of it for the first yeah. time, right? And and uh, there's even a picture. I have a picture of me bowing down with this kid as he's given his life to Jesus. And so I guess in that moment, I saw the the power of my own story in a place where I would have completely said, my story doesn't really matter here. Yeah. Man, that's powerful. And it takes a leap of faith, leap of faith to, to share it anyway. Cause I mean, uh, I just had a conversation with somebody else earlier today about, you know, we, we tend to put the word not in front of things like I'm not good enough or my story is not relevant to this person or, um, you know, I'm not the right person for this. Uh, but you're there for a reason. You're, you're, you're in a situation where, you can do a thing and chances are you are enough or you are the right person. Uh, maybe you're the right person to hear what this person's going through and connect them with another person. Uh, and so we, you know, we were just talking about like removing the word, not that doubt that kind of holds you back from doing a thing. And here you are like faced with that and you share your story anyway. And it turns out it changes two lives completely and may or may not have disappointed a youth pastor who was hoping to not see you come back. So, <laughs> yeah, no. And I think that is that, yes, I, I mean, Sorry, they wanted me there. On maybe, it was an, maybe it was an assassination <laughs> attempt. I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, as, as you say that, I think about these, these stories that I'm sharing and recording and it, it's amazing how, and, and we talked about this a bit uh, before coming on the air here, I've been really amazed. The thing I've been amazed about is is how God works in very different situations in in different people's lives, and almost all of it is completely unexpected. And so, people's willingness to rise to the occasion in not necessarily sharing their stories, but sharing the story of Jesus, really, you never know when that's going to matter. And so, I mean, we've had. Uh, you know, in our episode so far, like one person uh, choosing to give their life to Jesus at a, at a funeral, oh, wow. uh, another uh, at a 
bachelor party because they went to church like after the night and and uh and somebody else at a music lesson that they they showed up to their piano teacher's house and kind of expressed their spiritual interest and and uh, this one goes out tuesday so it's fresh on my mind but they said oh sweetie you need jesus and the person became a christian with oh sweetie you need (laughs) jesus like that's that's not a powerful sermon right and 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 your story is so different and i won't give that one away but uh one person actually responded that i interviewed recently to a a track being given to them on the side of the street which i thought never had any impact since 1950 yeah Uh, and this person's not that old so so anyway to your point it is our willingness just to share both our story and the story of the gospel can be more powerful than, than we expect, especially if we do it, I think in a loving and thoughtful way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that's spot on. Um, and it's not like we're talking about it from a faith perspective too. Like, you know, that eternity thing that you and I uh, feel is at stake, whether or not you have Jesus in your life. Um, there are stories out there that can help fix your marriage. You know, there's, you know, uh, I know there's a couple that mentored my wife and I, Joe and Connie. And, you know, of course, we've always known them as the happy, healthy communication couple that's like in their 70s or 80s now. Uh, but we knew them when they were a little bit younger. And they kind of took us under their wing and kind of, you know, just had dinner with us, hung out with us, had us volunteer with them at uh, a marriage conference. And the thing that we didn't learn until years later was that uh, they had eloped when they were younger. Uh, Connie had a drug addiction. Uh, Joe couldn't handle that. Connie runs away. Uh, they have two kids. One of the kids dies while they're relatively uh, like a young adult. And, and they had every reason to like fall apart and never be together. And here they are, like we know them, you know, 30, 40 years into their marriage. And it's like, wait a sec. How? What? <laughs> like they're like their actual like origin story is completely different than what we expected to see. Like when we look at them today and then and we started to realize like they have gone through a lot of lessons that we could learn from. And I think by knowing them and knowing their story and getting to know it more, we were able to navigate a lot of things in our marriage as not drugs and alcohol arose, but you know, financial struggles, like losing a job, uh, almost having our house foreclosed on us a number of times. Uh, healthy communication because we're seeing it modeled by them. Um, you know, it's just a lot of power in that, you know, in, in career in finances, like there are stories out there to really help you just move forward in life. And of course we're talking about the, the ultimate thing, your life for eternity and impacting other lives for eternity. Um, so I think I came up, I mean, you're a pastor today. You, you lead, you're at a church in the Oregon area, um, and, and you've known since a long time you were going to be a pastor. Uh, so did you go like straight from deciding you're going to be a pastor, going to college, going to seminary, and going into ministry? Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Show to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. 
Now, back to the show. I did, yeah. Uh, so, 17, got serious about my faith, uh, was a, uh, a decent high school baseball player that was being recruited by, uh, you know, several smaller colleges uh, here in the, uh, especially in Oregon. Um, and uh, by God's grace, really, I ended up at Corbin University, which is a Christian liberal arts college, uh, not far from where I went to high school. And I uh, was a pastoral studies major. I don't know what I would have done if I would have gone somewhere else, but, uh, but they, they offered a scholarship. And, uh, and so I didn't go there, you know, I, I wasn't wise enough to think, wow, I want to be a pastor. I should probably actually learn how to do that. But uh, since I was there, you know, and I wanted to be a pastor, I was a pastoral studies major and took a 15 hour week youth pastor job right out of uh, college. Uh, and, and then, um, have, have been at the church ever since I've been at church 17 years. And so I uh, did my master's while uh, youth pastoring. I'd been the youth pastor, the associate pastor, and then the lead pastor for about 10 years now. So uh, I've been at the church all told 17, if I didn't say that. And uh, it's wild because I'm around a lot of older pastors and it seems like almost always I'm the guy who's been at the church, my current church, the longest. So I'm like the old guy in that regard. <laughs> um, and, and, and even, you know, this last couple of years, you, you talked about church in Oregon and uh, it's been hard. I mean, with COVID stuff, but uh, not to, you know, try to drive home the point too much about the power of story, but one of the best things I did during this two years was just be with or when we couldn't be together, be in contact with other pastors. Uh, and, and we spent a lot of time, I've spent more time venting about, you know, what I'm dealing with the, in the last couple of years, and they've done the same. And I think that's a big part of what got us through. Uh, C.S. Lewis, I love what he says about friendships, but he says friendship starts when, when you look at another person and say, oh, you too. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so I, I just have found that, that there's super big value in that in, in my life and my ministry and my new efforts at this podcast and all of those things. Isn't it funny how like connections go deeper the moment uh, and trust goes way up the moment you get vulnerable and share like a moment of brokenness or uh, fallibility and all of a sudden the person's like, oh, you screw up too? Oh yeah, we could definitely be friends. In fact, I trust you now with my life. And you're like, really? Because I just because I forgot to take out the trash, like, like uh, yeah. it, it, that blows my mind that, that yeah. I have the strength to be vulnerable and the humility to be okay with that. That's real. And, and that's, uh, I mean, not to jump too far, but like, I think that, that our world. And I would say even the dark forces in the spiritual realm want us to believe that, that we're the only ones who struggle with things. And, uh, and that's a lonely place to be. And I think that's been exasperated in the last couple of years. And I think that's a big part of why mental health problems are up. And uh, I, I, I know you're a military guy. I studied, uh, I, would, I have an almost minor in psychology. Mm -hmm. uh, and so basically a counselor at this point. <laughs> uh, I, I learned at the very end that my school, you had to pre-declare for a minor. But my, my counseling professor, Rich Myers, who has since passed away, but he, he is uh, very well respected and widely known for his chaplaincy within the military. And uh, and he he told us once that that it's a theory that that one of the reasons that Vietnam vets struggled 
to adjust to life back in America more than any other soldiers before them was because they were the first ones who uh, kind of, uh, you know, across the board, didn't come back on a boat. And so they didn't have time to share their stories with other people who had been through those things. Yeah. And so the adjustment process was more difficult. And I think you can speak to this better than I can, but I think that they've, they've actually built programming around that in order that, that soldiers can share their stories. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it was like after my deployment, but I know for mine um, and for those of you listening, you know, if you've been listening for a while, you know that I was in the army uh, I was part of the the invasion of Iraq. Uh, so when they pulled us out, before they sent us home, they kept us in Kuwait for about a month just to decompress. And I mean, to us, it was frustrating. It was like, get us home already. You know, we got we got the planes. We know you got the planes because you keep dropping people off. Get us on a plane. Get us home. Um, but knowing what I know now, it's like, oh, they had us decompressing. You know, it was like, get out of the routine of wake up early, put on your battle gear, go out and expect people to try to kill you because we're about to send you somewhere where that's not the case. That, you know, if you don't get your way, you don't butt stroke somebody with your weapon. Uh, and so, yeah, decompression was a huge thing to be able to share our story or at least be among people who understood was a big thing. And, uh, just being ready to transition home. Like we had just folks reminding us, Hey, remember when you go home, your family does not understand what you've been through. We understand this is the channel you've got. Uh, yeah. when you go home, the story that you think is funny is actually very dark and scary to everybody else. Don't, don't tell the story about how you almost got your head blown off. You know, it was like mm -hmm. stuff like that. And you're like, Okay. Okay. Just almost like a reset. Like if you've, if you've read uh, the Hunger Games or seen the movies, uh, one of the key things at the very end is when uh, Peter Malark has to reconcile what was a brainwashing versus what was real. And so he'll throw a scenario out there and the people who loved him would say, that's real or no, that's not real. And we kind of had to do that while we were decompressing. All right. When we talk about this story, safe or scary, scary. Okay. All right, we want to talk about this with our family. Maybe. <laughs> like, <laughs> start with your wife, maybe with some counseling, maybe with the chaplain. Uh, so maybe safe eventually. But for your kids, maybe not yet when they're older. And it was just like stuff like that to kind of reconcile what we could. And that was before the VA was even ready for this big influx. So, yeah. I, I love the end of the Hunger Games. So that was a great. I love that analogy and that picture. So that's that was awesome. Nice. Good job with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I was Team Peta all the way, and so uh, so I so that I, that resonated with me. Yeah, I think I think the other character was uh, Gabe. Was it Gabe? Uh, uh, Gail. 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 Yeah, I think it was just an excuse to get Liam, um, maybe Thor in there. <laughs> yeah, so. maybe so. <laughs> side character he didn't matter real i'm gonna go with real on <laughs> that <go>. one. <laughs> oh man uh so i guess the encouragement for those listening though like if you're telling yourself my story's not good enough my story's not compelling enough my story will never change anybody's lives um what would you say to that i would just say it's not true honestly i i think that that your story matters and that there's maybe somebody out there that needs to, to hear it. Uh, there is somebody out there that needs to hear it and it might not be the first person you tell it to. And they may go, okay, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think, but there are, there's somebody who has shared experiences with you and, and your story, even if you don't have a, 
even if your story has not come to its conclusion yet, if your story doesn't have a nice ending like Hunger Games, if you're somewhere in the middle of it, it's it's really good to share it. And on on top of that, not just can it have an impact on others, but I think we just need to share our own stories. And uh, I know I've had some moments where where I where I felt like I was the only one, right? And I and I put it out there, and uh, and it and it help me to have people say, you're not crazy. You know, like I struggle with this too. In fact, a a friend of mine, uh, he once sat me down and, and felt like he needed to confess something that to him was really big, really big deal. And he, he, he shared this thing with me and, and it just didn't seem like a big deal. Like, I mean, I, I, I wasn't cold or anything to him. I just was like, okay, that's, I mean, thanks for sharing you know, whatever. And he ended up uh, writing like a song uh, about me. And uh, like, I mean, he actually changed me to a girl in the song because it sounded (laughs) like more like the right way to go. But uh, hopefully he's a cool to be sharing that. But um, but yeah, for him, it was just like getting it out there and having somebody treat it like you know, a less big deal than he felt like in his, his head and his heart. Uh, it was a really important thing for him. And now if folks want to check out your show and listen to more, maybe get some more support, uh, maybe they're in the, um, Oregon, Portland area, set it backwards. Uh, and they want to check out your church. Uh, how can they get in touch with you? How can they tap into all those different resources? Sure. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go backwards on those. So you can go to wilsonville.church. Uh, wilsonville.church has, you know, uh, everything you need to be able to find us, uh, listen to my sermons, uh, reach out and connect if you want to do that. Uh, you can you can find me on every social media platform at Chad A. Harms, Chad A. Harms. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, if anybody wants to connect, if you need somebody to share a story with that you don't know, you can you just get it out there. You can you can uh, find me and I'm, I'm happy to chat. And that's one thing, you know, I've had the opportunity to do things like this a handful of times now. But I just want people to know that, like, I am a pastor and uh, I am pretty normal and I'm willing to talk. And so, uh, and by God's grace, my, my sermons, the audio of my sermons go pretty far and I have the opportunity to, to minister to people, uh, you know, pretty far and wide. And so, uh, if anybody needs that, uh, we're here, my church is here for you and we're a great praying church, at least good. Uh, and, uh, and so we will pray for you if you need any of that. And then the, the podcast is at testimonypodcast.com or uh, wherever you get your podcast, as they say on every podcast. And so right. <laughs> we'd love love for you to listen and uh, have a new episode. Well, not when this airs, but uh, uh, we have a new episode that goes out on the first Tuesday of every month. That's how I should say it. And then we do a bonus episode, which is where your short story was shared, Jerry, uh, where we, we kind of just include more of the content from those guests because they all have uh, interesting things to say besides, you know, their testimony. And so, you know, like leadership stuff and, uh, and from your story, I'm excited to share about management and how you manage as a Christian. I think that's going to be a great uh, thing for people to hear. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, Pastor Chad, it was great to have you on this show and, uh, look forward to staying in touch with you because we're in some of the same Facebook groups. So that's right. Yeah. And if you're ever in Dallas, you know, let me know and we'll hang out. 
I definitely will. Um, we're, we're hopefully going back to Bentonville, Arkansas soon. And so that that's, you know, we're getting down in that neighborhood every now and then because nice. I have a cousin down there, but uh, next time I'm in Dallas, I'll, I'll reach out. Now, I hope you found a lot of value in this conversation. You found some inspiration by it. You're now putting together your own notes on your testimony of your life to share it with others as the opportunity arises, because that was the whole point of this episode and this conversation. Now, uh, maybe you found so much value in this that you want to share it with other people. Just go ahead, hit the share button on whatever device and software or app you're using and send this to somebody, you know, share it on your social media and somebody somewhere else is also going to be inspired to share his or her story and change the world. Because this is how we share knowledge. As we said in this episode, you share a story, it connects with somebody, it gives us that relevance and that starting point and all that that all that meaning and nuance comes from story. So you got to get out there. You got to share your story, share this story about stories with others, and we're going to make a difference. Now, I'm glad you joined me this week. Uh, I look forward to joining you again next week. But until then, you can check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 319. And until next time, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.